You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, it's Tony Howell, and welcome to Conversations with Changemakers. In this episode, we speak with Katherine Allison, Broadway performer, content creator, recording artist. Her long-awaited debut solo album, Something Real, is now available on all platforms, and it is something incredible. Catherine was named as NIMP's next Broadway sensation and one of Broadway.com's rising stars. She's already performed on many of New York's biggest stages, including Broadway's Aladdin, Wicked, and Company, as well as solo concerts for Joe's Pub and 54 Below. She is a true changemaker, including two and a half years as a board member of Cloth, Community League of the Heights, which you'll soon hear about, and a vocal activist for Black, Indigenous, people of color, the LGBTQIA community, and body positivity. I love this woman, and I am thrilled to share this conversation with you. Enjoy. Catherine hey. Allison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm honored that you're here. I adore you. I love you. And I am super proud of you. Everything that you've done, everything that you are. So my first question for you, happy pride, my love. Thank you so much. Happy pride. What are you most proud of right now today? Wow. That is a big question. I mean, today, I mean, I'm, I'm, Happy that I woke up. I had things to do and things to accomplish to achieve today, which is great. Um, and then I guess ex- existentially, um, what I'm proud of is, uh, I don't know, being trying to stay as present in the moment as I can during this chaotic corona time and the unrest of, uh, America and, uh, just trying to look at each hour and minute as a gift. And uh, whether that means I need to take a step back from the media and focus on myself and my family, or whether that means like diving full speed ahead and trying to uh, divulge important information to 
my friends and the people who follow me because uh, I feel I owe a little bit of that to them, my perspective on it. Um, so yeah, so those are the things that I'm proud of today. I got up, I did what I had to do, and I took care of me and then I took care of some other people too. <laughs> I love you for that. You are a true change maker and a leading lady and a brilliant voice. Um, can you tell me and the listener a little bit about cloth, what it is, how it came about, how you got involved? Yeah. Um, so cloth uh, stands for Community League of the Heights, uh, and they have been basically servicing the Washington Heights community for 68 years. Um, it started by a, a wonderful Black woman named Lucille Bolger. They specifically service the Washington Heights and Inwood community in New York City. Um, so she basically saw what was happening around her and she really wanted to start an education program for the kids in Washington Heights. Um, and through that, she just wanted to empower the citizens, to empower the residences of Washington Heights um, with education health, uh, housing. And during this uh, pandemic, it's been especially essential for them to be in the community. Um, you know, COVID affects Black and brown people at higher rates than, I mean, at least in America and in, in mm -hmm. the nation, uh, besides Indigenous people. And uh, we definitely saw that in the Washington Heights and Inwood communities, uh, being that, you know, we have a food pantry, uh, which is a choice food pantry. People can make an appointment and go and shop like a grocery store there. Um, they kind of had to forego that because they had so many requests for food that they went from feeding about a thousand people to a week to some weeks they had 5,000, 10,000 families coming. Um, so just the increase in that knows how much the pandemic has affected. If that's just infecting, you know, what is that, like a hundred city blocks? You know, I can't imagine the effect that it's doing on the on the rest of the world, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that work has been really important to me. And I got hooked up with them in high school because my mother was uh, working for them for a period of time. Um, and so I started doing volunteer work. I would do temp work, filling out worksheets and spreadsheets, um, uh, I mean, they're not going to do it this summer, but usually every summer they do a health block party. So they'll have different clinics come in. Um, they'll have a fun house and then they'll do a huge book drive and have food. And it's completely free for the entire neighborhood. Um, and so I used to hand out books and volunteer putting goodie, goodie bags together. Um, and so that's how I initially got involved with them. And now I'm a board member, which is wild. <laughs> Broadway board member. Yes, queen. That's right. <laughs> um, thank you for all of that. And again, I, I, I'm proud of you. I love you. How can people get involved if they want to learn more or support that organization? Sure. Yeah, you can go to cloth159.org. Uh, you can also go to cloth159 on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we have a GoFundMe page, but you can also donate directly to cloth on their website and it gives you a rundown of everything that they do. I mean, I didn't even touch like a, a Mila everything because they do so much. Um, so you can do that. And if you are someone who lives in New York city, 
uh, and lives in the Washington Heights or Harlem or Inwood area, you can actually go and volunteer at the food pantry. Um, so they're open five days a week right now. Um, and so they always need help with deliveries. They also have a van that's delivering to disabled and uh, seniors in the area. So there's a lot of positions that you can apply for. You just have to call the number on the website. And I think you can email info at cloth159.org and say, you know, I want to volunteer. What's Tell me how to do it. And I'll include, for those of that are listening, I'll include all of this information in the resources that go along with this episode. Yes, please. Thank you. You betcha, girl. So let's brag on you for a moment. You just made your original Broadway company debut and your third Broadway credit in Sondheim's company. What? (laughs) Yeah, I still can't believe it. I'm like, what is, what, what? Like, did that really happen? That happened. Yes, it did. Did that really (sighs) just happen? Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me, I I, I mean, I'm out of New York, so I don't really understand how Corona affected that show. But can you give us a rundown of that experience, lessons that you've learned from it and sort of, yeah, what's ahead for company and Catherine? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it was, it, honestly, it was all so fast. Um, I, as you know, I was in Wicked uh, for six months and I, I booked company right after that. And uh, I kind of went straight from <laughs> doing that show into rehearsals for company. Uh, and uh, they had kind of brought the understudies in at a later point um, just to kind of get the first cast assembled and together and um, acquainted with themselves. Um, and also a lot of us were in different projects, so we couldn't really all start at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, so we showed up and they were like, OK, here's your script. You're doing these three roles. Uh, you're covering these three roles. And like, let's just get to it and learn the music. And so we were in, I mean, our poor music director, I feel he was just stuck in a room with us for like a week and a half, us being like, come buddy, come buddy, come buddy, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that was that. And then we went into tech and our second week of tech, we were about a week and a half away from opening uh, and they had to shut it down, which was... uh, wild because a lot of us thought I think the entire community was like it's gonna be two weeks it'll be two weeks we'll shut it down for two weeks and then we'll be back um and it two weeks went from three weeks to a month to two months I think now we're at four months um and what I learned is that our producers and our director Marianne Elliott was so kind during that whole time because they wanted nothing more than to keep the show going but to also have it done safely and in a way that would keep us not only keep the cast and the crew safe but audiences safe and at that time I mean we I mean not to but we were selling out like we were had really great crowds and the audiences were responding so well um and so and to be that close to opening and not quite there uh was kind of a burn for all of us but uh it was it definitely brought us closer together and we've had uh pretty much ever since 
we've closed, we've had like a Zoom meeting every Thursday, kind of like a happy hour, just, you know, seeing mm. how everyone is and how everyone's holding up and what we're doing, which has been really helpful. Um, and I know the understudy crew that I was with, we talk with each other frequently and just see how, re- how we're doing, you know, um, uh, which has been really nice. I don't know when we're coming back. Uh, officially, I, my guess would probably be next year. What are you doing in the meantime to mm-hmm. take care of yourself and the artist within? Yeah, it's uh, a really great question. Uh, I think it's day to day for me. Um, in the beginning, I, of course, I got like all this recording equipment because I was like, yes, I'm going to be able to learn vocal production now, which I have been wanting to do for so long, but just had never had the time to really sit down and do it. And then once I did it, I was like, wow, this is why we pay people thousands of dollars to do this because (laughs) it's a literal science. Like this is why people go to school and like mentor with engineers for years and years, because this is incredible um, and really, really hard. Uh, But it's been really fun because I've been able to work remotely with some of my best friends and create music and videos. Um, And uh, one of my friends wants to hopefully produce an EP with me. So maybe there'll be a quarantine EP, which will be really cool. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And hopefully this one will actually be original music, which will be a whole new territory for me. Um, Actually across the entertainment industry, people are really figuring out how to be creative at home, which is really exciting. I've seen some incredible acting pieces of work, some incredible film production. Um, I've already heard albums come out already from quarantine that I'm like, that's mind blowing that you did that all yourself. Um, so uh, that's what's keeping me excited and going. I mean, there are days that, you know, obviously I get down and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I chose a career that's so dependent on people looking at me for two and a half hours. Like, why did I choose that? <laughs> oh, if I was doing anything else right now, I wouldn't be, you know, on unemployment or trying to, you know, like find things to do. But, um, but again, you know, I'm trying to look at it as a, as a gift. Like, what are the things that I've just been putting off for so long that I've creative endeavors that I just really wanted to do that I just didn't have the time to do, or I was giving myself an excuse, like, mm, I don't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm too tired or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So that's why I'm trying to keep my heart full and, um, you know, talking to other artists about what they're going through as well. And that's helping too. Um, yeah. Speaking of talking to other artists, you have worked with some of the best in the business, not to mention like Sondheim, Patty, Jen Samar, James Monroe, Eigelhart, Telly Leong. So looking at your life, your career, looking back, is there any particular person or moment that you were like, wow, this is a really solid life or business lesson that you can pass on to our listener? Maybe it came from someone else. Maybe it came from watching them. But like one story that you were like, I'm going to take that with me. Wow. That's a really great question. Um, I mean, the the one thing that always plays in the back of my mind is just a hundred no's means a hundred connections, which I know I say all the time, but it's just so true. Like half of 
the stuff I got in the last, I don't know, three years um, was really just through recommendations, people just recommending me for things, um, especially in areas that I really wanted to try and work in. Um, I mean, mostly recording, like doing recordings and background vocals, like a lot of that came from recommendations from people, which I'm so grateful for. Um, which means, you know, every time you show up to an audition or a rehearsal room or, um, I don't know, a networking event, you want to make sure that you're on your game and you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about and you have, uh, and that you're prepared essentially. Um, and so that's always placed in the back of my mind and, Geez, what else? Um, I think also just from observing others, I think as a young person, it's hard to speak up for yourself in situations that maybe you're like, mm, I don't think that's exactly right, or I don't feel comfortable doing this. Um, and to be in a rehearsal situation with someone who is just an advocate for themselves is so amazing to watch. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Pylopone is such an advocate for the craft and for actors and for having a safe rehearsal space and having the show uh, be a sanctuary for performance and to be able to excel at what you've been hired to do. Um, and so that's been really inspiring to sit in rehearsal and watch that. And, and with the other actors too, about like Jen Samard is so incredible and so smart with her acting choices and um, always has a myriad of choices to make in a scene, which is just like juice for, I mean, it's just, she's just so incredible. And to also hear her talk about, um, you know, the part and uh, how she feels about the character and what they think they're saying in this moment. It's just, uh, it's things that sometimes you forget when you're being plugged into shows, being able to watch uh, a show come to life in front of your eyes um, and to see actors' minds work. I missed that so much. I'm such an observer. I love being a voyeur in rehearsal situations and to like hear Sondheim sing along to his own lyrics and laugh and, um, and watch something that has been done over and over be, uh, see life new life being breathed into it and having the original creator be so overjoyed is like oh like what like it can't get better than that for me you know it's like my absolute nerd broadway dream just to like watch my favorite actors do their thing and um yeah and just try and soak it all up you know I want to take a moment here to reflect back to you that you are that person for many oh. people. So oh. congrats to you. Thank you. Let's, That's so let, like, woo, crazy yeah. to hear. Except, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. So 
you, before company, you were at that smash hit Broadway musical, Wicked, and prior to that at Aladdin. But I want to hear how, we talked a little bit about, you know, that they were connections and referrals and things, but how did you first, for those that like make their Broadway debut, you did mm-hmm. Aladdin for a while. So when yeah. did the change come to say like, I'm going to move on and and you got your second show? Man, it happened so wildly is the only way I, I had done Aladdin for about four, three and a half to four years, um, which is a long time. And I love tasty long time, rather tasty. Um, um, and I loved that show. I loved working that with that company. They're like family to me. They taught me so much about, um, continue to learn to uh, be a learner in this business and to never stop working and achieving what you want um, in all facets. I mean, there it's such a Renaissance cast and the people who have left, who have gone on to do such like <laughs> mind blowing things. Um, and to be a part of that alumni is uh, very near and dear to me. Um, but I kind of was, at the end, I I did my Joe's Pub concert, which maybe we'll talk about. Um, and after that, I was like, I think I'm ready to move on. But that I didn't know how to articulate that. Um, and so, I mean, I, I was kind of in limbo and I was like you know it's hard to ever I feel like people reach a point where they're like okay do I leave this amazing job and risk everything and just like jump out on a limb and uh with you know leaving a job that's very good paying and like is not gonna go anywhere or do I just like hang on and I kind of uh hung on uh and it really came out of nowhere. Honestly, I I never thought that I would be considered for Wicked, if I'm being honest with you. I hadn't really seen many people that looked like me in the show and in particularly the track that I was going in for, even though um, my mentor in, uh, in college was like, that track needs to be on your list. Like you need to study that track. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which is so crazy. Um, So yeah, so it it just kind of uh, fell in my lap. They were, someone was leaving the show and they needed a replacement for Shen Shen. And I went in and originally I was so nervous so, so, so nervous. I got coached on it before I went in because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing because this track understudies Madame Morrible and I'm super young. I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But um, after the coaching, I felt a little bit more confident and I kind of was like, well, I'm just going to go in and do the best that I can. And, you know, and it was very fat for me. For some reason, things happen in threes. Like my Aladdin audition was in threes, Wicked was in threes, Company was in threes. So it's like three auditions within a, like a week and a half. And it's like, you got the job. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to be in Wicked? Wicked? Like, uh, I just loved that show as a kid. And I remember seeing it as a kid. Um, and so, yeah, nothing beats like 
walking down the stairs and like seeing Glinda come down from the bubble, like on stage, like nothing beats that. Like that was like, I was like, wow, I've done it. I've reached the pinnacle. If I, everything goes down from here, that's okay. Because <laughs> You're in Oz. <laughs> I'm in Oz. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how that came about. It was, it, it, it was something that I really at the time needed. Is that a, I, I really, I wanted a a shift and I was coming out of a depression that was really bad. And that kind of changed my trajectory for me. I, I love say. that. Thank yeah. you for sharing all of that. And I, I do want to just tap in deeper because I think of some friends that are, you know, in long running shows. So what mm-hmm. advice would you have? Like what, what was, what should someone who is feeling that sadness that like, no, no longer grateful to be in whatever some you yeah. know, Broadway show. Um, how how should they go about seeking to make change? Man, I mean, I really called to the universe. I will say that one. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that I was uh, unhappy or ungrateful. I was so grateful to be that job, but I felt like I there was something in my chemistry that was like, I I want to, I felt like I learned what I could learn in this experience and I wanted to grow. Um, And I felt like I was being kept in a, I mean, I felt like I was keeping myself in a box that I couldn't remove. Um, And so, yeah, I, I was really lucky to, I reached out to my agents about it and they were very supportive and, um, about what I was going through. And also, you know, I see a therapist every week and she really, really guided me through that process. Um, and it, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't hard. It was hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, talking to people who are close to you about it, I think definitely helps to release the burden. Cause I felt really guilty. I was like these people that I look up to, um, and that have celebrated me in every moment. I feel like I'm not giving them my all. Um, and I'm really a person that's like, I want to, you know, they're working just as hard as me on, on either side of me on stage. Like, I don't want to give any less than that. And that was hard to grapple with. Um, so yeah, so those are the things I would say. I, I therapy like really helped me immensely, and I wrote a lot during that time. I think writing, um, yeah, and just talking to those like in your inner circle and getting perspective from them because more often than not, there are other people that are going through the same thing with you, and uh, you can help each other through it. You know, so yeah, that's what I would say. That's the first time I've like actually really talked about this. It's great. So. And if it's too much, you know, that's what editing is for. If it's like, you know what, that winds up on the cutting room floor, so be it. But yeah. Um, speaking of keeping Catherine or putting Catherine in a box and collaborating mm-hmm. with other people, let's talk about something <laughs> real. Your yes. amazing debut EP 
We yeah. did a whole hour co- like conversation about it, which I will also include in the resources. Here. Yes. But, um, for those that don't want to sit and listen to that, like, uh, I also know there are many people that want to put out their own album. So in a nutshell, w- what would you say to someone who's wanting to put out music? Do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, especially if you can find an amazing, I mean, if you're someone who has all the chops and can just do it yourself, like definitely do it. I mean, what a way to show off your skills to everyone and to showcase yourself in the best light. Um, <clears throat> if you can find an amazing producer like I did, I I would implore you to do it. I would definitely say budget, budget, budget. I had I worked with someone who we set out a clear budget ahead of time and he was like, these are the places where I can save you money and these are the places that I can't. And I was like, I can work with that. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm still, you know, still uh, facing some money things from that, but it was so worth it um, because now I have something to present to people who, I mean, the original concept for it was, you know, I I wanted to try something new. It was in my five-year plan that I wanted from college that I wanted to make an album or an EP. Um, And I was really interested in showcasing my work to concert halls and orchestras. And I was like, how can I do that without just sending a video of me. I wanted something that was more all encompassing, all encompassing and wanted to show layers of my voice and the type of types of things that I can do. Um, so yeah, so that's how the concept of it came about and I'm really happy with it. And the fact that people have reached out to me during quarantine and been like, wow, your album really helped me. And this song really, um, touched me and I've heard it in a new way like that just makes my heart swell I'm like oh it was it was all worth it it was all worth it (laughs) amen amen um and also go buy that album y'all let's pay off those bills honey okay thank you let's zoom in there so you self-produced this album and you're also an amazing content creator and collaborator. So now that we are in quarantine in the digital age with Rona and looking ahead at company coming back, like what do you think the future of the arts look like now? It's kind of interesting because now I feel like we have no excuse not to be able to make art anywhere, you know? And the way that the internet and these technological goddesses in the world have like ramped up production of all of these apps and websites that enable you to live stream on multiple platforms at the same time and all of these different things. I think it's just um, at times it can be overwhelming, but it's also really exciting because you're like, wow, like I can literally do anything from my living room, from my bedroom. Like that's very exciting. Um, and I've done, I recently did a whole play read through over Zoom, like, you know, one that was like insular because just to try it out. Um, and it was so fun. Anything is possible because I'm thinking about so many um, artists that maybe can't afford to rent out a huge theater space to debut their play, right? That takes so much money. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
they could just assemble a cast online and do and premiere their new play online. That is huge. Um, and we will see. I think it's bright. I think it's I I think for new artists up and coming, it's really exciting because they don't have to spend a lot of money to for people to see their work. And I think that's the Internet as your stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people don't have to go broke making art the way they used to, you know, you can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so and I think that's very I think that's cool. Um, so, yeah, you talked about making the album as a marketing piece, as a product for you. That's a long term investment. What was the real why for you? The purpose to say, I'm going to be an artist. Like, what is your intention? What is your calling? What's the what's the reason? Yeah. Oh, that's a, you're just nailing it right now. Um, well, I mean, as you know, I, I wanted to be a politician. That was my original dream. Uh, I wanted to be the state senator for New Jersey, baby. That was the dream. Um, and well, one, I went to a bunch of political camps and I was like, oh, this is not for me. Uh, I just didn't like the way that my life would be on blast. Um, and as a public servant, your actions in your everyday life are significant to the public as they should be because you've been hired, you're being paid by your constituents to do the job that you're supposed to do. So when you fall out of line, that reflects badly on everybody. Um, And I completely stand by that. As an artist, it's not as severe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And your life, I, I mean, I think that's why my mom loved that, um, I decided to choose theater because she was like, well, your life is not too much in the face of the public, which is kind of changed now with the internet and Instagram and all of these things. Um, But yeah, but it's not as severe as being in the public eye and people recognizing you everywhere you go and stuff like that and being held accountable for your actions in the past, in the future so strongly. Um, But there are also so many different kinds of theater that are that impact millions of people that really spoke to me that I, that maybe if being a Senator, isn't my calling, I can still make change within um, the communities that I perform in. And that was really cool to me. I was like, wow, I feel like that's a bigger draw and it's more fun. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, uh, and the community is so accepting, whereas politics is not. It's it's a different type of game that you're playing. And you're also playing with people's livelihoods. And I was like, that's a lot for me. That's high anxiety for me. I mean, this might be a strong statement, but I feel like myself on stage in some ways is a political statement. Like the fact that in the new am my ancestors that were performing there in the Follies were performing in blackface. And the fact that I am able to be on the stage as myself, like that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And to have like little girls and boys and, you know, folks in the audience seeing that, you know, that's, that's a big thing for me. And I take that really seriously. 
Um, so yeah, I, it's, 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 I don't know. It's a similar purpose. (laughs) I feel like I'm, yeah, it's a similar, it's a similar purpose and it's a, it's, it's just a, a different way of doing it. Um, yeah. My next question for you is to like, take a moment and think if you could, whisper in the ear of that high school kid who wants to make change and or the current artist who might be afraid to be too political or too, too much of an activist. What would you, what would you say to them about their role? I think it's always about following your gut, right? It's, it's, um, human rights and, and, is not a political issue, even though people want to make it that. (laughs) Um, There is a difference between right and wrong, and there's a difference between human decency, like basic human decency, Um, and treating people with the respect that they deserve is paramount. I mean, that is everything to me. Um, And that doesn't matter if we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, if we're talking about... Um, trans rights. I mean, everything under the sun. Human rights is 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 a basic necessity. Everyone needs to be treated fairly, um, and everyone deserves the right to health care. And everyone deserves to walk down the street and not feel like, man, like uh, is my mere existence a threat? Like that's. <laughs> insane. And I've certainly felt that. I know my family has felt that. There are many times that we've been together and have felt that, which is horrifying and shouldn't happen in today's age, but yet it still does because we all know the reasons why. Um, And I think we're entering a really unique time in America and in the theater community where it used to and can still feel like that maybe you're a singular voice in the situation. But we know with groups of people coming together, it makes it a lot easier for a united voice to be heard. And that's really exciting. Um, and so it's okay to speak up, but follow your gut. I mean, if you feel like you're in danger, yourself is paramount first Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. taking care of yourself is always paramount first um and then you know handle the situation in the way that is the best um so yeah i love that answer and i just want to also reflect that like if someone's not comfortable being the leader they can also be a supporter and so they can they can lift other people um, who have taken the leadership role, like your gorgeous voice all over social media. Um, Okay, so then with that, that's a little bit for artists. Now let's go to the people at power, Uh, the writers, the producers, the creative teams. You have a lot of intersectionality in your identities, but what would you you tell uh, these creators, the people putting the money into the work that's being seen um, that they need to know about. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll just go ahead and read the list. Uh, by POC, LGBTQIA+, body positive, like all of the intersectionality. What do we need to see in our storytelling? 
it's so important that we reflect the world that we live in. The world that we live in is not one thing. Not everybody looks the same. Um, and that can be frustrating when you're entering a situation you're like, a wealth of perspectives gets lost. And I think that's doing such a disservice to to the art. You know, the the entertainment industry is one of collaboration. Not one person can do the whole thing by themselves without including multiple people along the way. And I'm not exactly sure where the fear comes from, but I mean, I guess I have some idea, but I think every art form will be elevated by it. I think that's the exciting part. It's like, there's nothing bad that can come from, <laughs> from including BIPOs, Black, Indigenous, people of color, the LGBTQ plus community, and having all shapes and sizes on stage. Like, that just sounds like a beautiful group of people making some incredible art. And I think the the frustration that comes from me is like, I can't find people. And I'm like, they're everywhere. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and the wealth that the community has to create programs that are in marginalized communities is... I mean, I don't want to say infinite, but like, you know, present, (laughs) it's present. It's certainly present. Um, And I think that's really important, you know, investing in those in the younger generation, I think is so key. And I don't think it takes very much to when you open a new show or, um, a long running show to invite a group of kids backstage and have them really learn about what a crew does, what a hair and makeup person does, what, I mean, it's, you know, it's not just about acting, you know, having them come to a producing office and see what they do coming to a marketing office and see what they do. It, I don't think it takes that much. Um, and or to have someone shadow you for an entire week about what a director's process is like. It's, it's really, it's about broadening the horizons for people. Um, and we've seen how art saves people's lives and how amazing would that be to be a part of that journey for someone um yeah and so that that's where the frustration lies for me where people are like i can't find anyone i'm like okay well go out there and find them mm-hmm. create programs and i think also um uh we always look outside the community sometimes when I'm like, there are people in the community that are maybe looking to transition to a different position. Interesting. Yeah. And maybe sometimes we need to look insular and be like, Hmm, you know, I, I, you know, I think right. The actors fund has a, has a great program for dancers who want to transition into maybe another field. And I think that could be totally expanded. I mean, I know that throughout this entire journey, I'm like, man, like, 
my ultimate goal in life is to be able to make enough money that I can just like send people off and be like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like take my money, produce that play, produce the, you know, like that would be great. But like, I don't know how to do that yet, but I would love to learn from somebody how to do that whenever I want to make that transition. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's really important too, that there's so many people in our community that maybe are ready They're like, wow, I want to expand and direct. I want to be a casting director. I want to actually go into mark. How do I market a Broadway show? Um, And those are the people who know how to do it best because they've been doing it the show eight times a week. Mm -hmm. They know what it's like to (laughs) be in press shoots and what works and what doesn't, you know? And so I think that perspective is, I mean, there's a whole wealth of information there investing in new works and new artists is essential for the business to keep going. And of course I love my huge musical theater icons who have written, you know, incredible things. Like I'm not saying that we shouldn't produce their stuff. That's not what I'm saying. Like I want to keep seeing that stuff, but um, you know, it, I want to know who the next Sondheim is. I want to know who the next Tom Kidd. I want to know who the next Pasek and Paul are. Um, and it's important that we're fostering those people and we're mentoring them and giving them a platform too. I'm going to ask you then who is on fire right now, whether it's a theater artist or a music artist, someone that you want to like say like everyone needs to go check this person out. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Heath Saunders. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I mean, every time I walk into a room with him, I feel like he just gives me like a wealth of knowledge about theater that I'm like, like my mind is blown. Um, and he's not only an incredible musician and actor and singer, he's an incredible musical theater writer, like insane. Um, and he's written one of my favorite musicals uh, that hopefully will be like everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, he's great. And he just wrote a brilliant article um, that everyone should check out. Um, we'll include it in the resources. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, and then performers, I mean, oh, I mean, I could just like list a bunch. I think Nasia Thomas is amazing. She's in Carolina change. Uh, she was in Justin ain't too proud. I think Ari Groover is amazing. Uh, she was in little shop of horrors and she was nominated for Lucia Lortel award. Ugh, Corey Pettinod. Mm, we love oh her. What God. a star. A star. Like, let's talk about someone who I watch her on stage and I'm like, people are going to remember. I, I think I one time I said to her, I I just seen her in Moulin Rouge. And I was like, you know that people are going to be talking about you the way they talk about Don McKechnie. Like, that is your, like, that is your future. Like, that is like, and Ryan King, like, that is going to be you. Like, people are going to come to a show and be like, oh my God, I just saw. so hard and like her spirit is unlike anything out of this world and it just like jumps out on stage like it's oh amazing amazing um who else i don't know there's just so many amazing people that it's like hard to you know 
pin down just like a couple, but, um, yeah. Well, I'm going to reflect back. Thank you for being the amazing human that you are. I, I think we're coming, coming down on the descent. So I want to like get yeah. us closer cause we could talk for hours, but yeah, rewind. we could. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to, uh, I want to go to college. We kind of reference like the decision, but for someone who's graduating in 2020 and looking at the world, what advice do you have? <laughs> Give a commencement speech in two seconds, right? Like, what would you say to the 2020 graduates? Yeah, I mean, 2020 grads, you were handed a lot to deal with. Um, I know personally, just looking at cloth, you know, they had to get through a school year and find out how to get internet and a computer and learn how to learn online, which I know was a very difficult task for so many people, but specifically to my theater grads, y'all grew up with the internet. Like y'all know how it works. Like, I'm still trying to understand <laughs> all the in and outs. But what's so amazing is that um, you all have such a clear voice and such a, a, you know what you want. And I think that is going to get you so far. Um, and during this time, finding ways to continue your learning. There's so many resources and, um, and classes online to hone your craft during this time while you're getting ready to go back in the world and audition for the first time. And I think that is essential. Um, and then also just curating your own content during this time and learning how to really utilize the camera. Um, because I think there are going to be some incredible TV film actors that come out of this. And um, casting directors will be waiting. They'll be waiting for you. And I know a lot of people are taking submissions. So, like, work on work on that. Work on how to, like, perfect your submissions and be creative. I mean, that's the entire industry is being a little bit more lenient about self-tapes, which means you can get really creative and like think outside the box because you might be like, oh, that's a really wild idea. Should I like make a video in my car, like singing a song or I don't know, like in my backyard doing this thing, like try it, see if it works. This is a lot of, this is a good time for trial and error. Like practice makes permanent, like, Try everything and see what sticks. And if it doesn't, move on to something else. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. You you guys know what you want. And I think hone in on that. Hone in on your voice. Hone in on what makes you great. And just run with it as far as you can during this time. And I think I heard a challenge in the middle of that. That like, y'all know the tools get to work. <laughs> 100%. Y'all know how to do it. Let me uh, now for, because there's a segment of the audience that I know um, that is not our generation, that is above us, mm -hmm. that is probably intimidated mm -hmm. by the tools, that is feeling, so for the artist right now in the midst of coronavirus and everything that's happening that's feeling stuck, mm -hmm. 
Can you whisper in their ear of like what they need to hear to, to move forward? Sure. I think, I mean, definitely at the beginning of all of this, I was very overwhelmed by the content that was being put out. And I was like, man, if I put out something, it has to be perfect and really good. And like at the highest level that I can do it at. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's just take a breath. Um, be present in that feeling and then narrow down like what is one thing you really want to accomplish. For me, it was I wanted to be able to put out my own music video and record it and edit it myself. And it came out really janky the first time. But like, you know, like anything with practice, it gets better. Right. So I think hone in, focus on something that maybe you really want to learn and just every time you do it, you're going to get better. Whether that means like you're going to start off with once a month, I'm going to put try and put something out. And also it doesn't have to be for the entire world to see. This is just, just can be something that you want to show to a friend or um, to a colleague. It doesn't have to, and that could just, you know, it doesn't have to be for filming. You know, it could be for, you want to start writing a play Right. Start start with short scenes. Um, uh, I think. This is just such an incredible time to learn and to really dive into. Things that are a little scary. Catherine, thank you so much for being here. I, I do want to ask you a future focus question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like so fast forward a wow. decade. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself? I mean, hopefully I'm holding a Tony Award. <laughs> um, I hope that didn't come off as, I didn't mean that to come off as cocky or anything. I just, that has always been a huge dream of mine. And I mean, and it's, honestly, it's the way, I, I just want it to be, a part of a project that is so influential to so many people. Um, and wow, it's like making me a little emotional thinking about it. Cause it's something I, I, I like visualize a lot is like, I want it to be surrounded by a group of people who are, were making something for the betterment of the planet and for humanity. And like, that would just be like, Ugh, like that would be incredible. Um, so yeah, so that would be really cool. And um, yeah, I, I, I would love to be producing like on a larger level in 10 years or at least have the ability to be producing on a larger level. Um, and I would also be love to it's something that I've been thinking about. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, but I would love to somehow create like a, like a queer theater community thing. I'm not really sure how that's going to come about, but um, I don't know. There's not really a lot of like, 
I don't know, the queer cabaret scene, like, that's, like, edgier is, like, not really a thing, and I want to make that a thing. That's amazing. So I'm looking for the right question to ask to button this up mm-hmm. for us. Uh, what change, then, would you like to see, or if you are going to invite collaborators that people, because mm-hmm. I'm going to, I hope that people connect with you after listening to this, how can people help you make this art happen? Wow. Um I guess initially I just want people involved in conversation. You know, I feel like, um, you know, originally my, my idea was just like an open mic night of celebrating queer musical theater artists, um, who are gender nonconforming, trans, gay, lesbian, you know, whatever. Um, and really seeing how they interpret our modern, um, what do I say? Our modern song book um, into something of their own, which I really, I feel like I haven't seen much of. Um, so yeah. So anybody who wants to just have a conversation about that or who wants to fund something like that or who wants to help direct or um, stage manage or market, reach out to me. I think that would be fun. <laughs> I... to do. I'm so excited for that. And it sounds like you have something to produce. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Uh with that, Catherine, is there anything else that you wish to leave the listener with um, before they go get in touch with you to make magic? Man, I would just say um, you are amazing and beautiful and just incredible and impactful the way you are. And don't, uh, let anybody tell you that you're not and you got this thank you Catherine and thank you for listening I want to highlight just a few things that Catherine brought up first you can make change that might just be as simple as showing up as your true full and authentic self, that can be a form of activism, but it especially means speaking up and speaking out when we are collaborating and what we see in our daily lives in the world. Don't be afraid to make changes, such as significant job changes, content creation, and learning new creative skills, but change is how we grow, so don't be afraid of it. Finally, be the change. I think especially as artists, this is imperative. So I encourage you to look within and look around. It can be as simple as donating or volunteering at cloth159.org, creating something real, a work of art that you can call your own, or looking within your community or your industry for ways to elevate black, indigenous, people of color, LGBTQIA people, and other communities that are traditionally marginalized. Catherine and I would love to hear from you. So please take a screenshot of this episode and share your favorite moment or biggest takeaway. Make sure that you tag Catherine and myself so that we both see it. Now, if you're up for an edgy cabaret or theater piece for the queer community, get in touch with Catherine. I've included her contact information as well as all of the resources mentioned in the link alongside this episode. 
while you're there, make sure that you join our Change Maker community. You're gonna get my brand bootcamp alongside the latest and greatest free training. Other things like this podcast that I create just for you. Happy Pride, and thank you for listening to Conversations with Changemakers. Now listen, please go out there and use your work to change the world. Maybe you and I can have a conversation about it very soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.